and welcome to People Keep Dying, a podcast where we talk about people who die. I'm your host, Angela. And I'm Stephanie. And today is our 13th episode. Number 13. Which is pretty exciting because we're almost at three months. We're past three months. Is it three months? It's been past three months. But yeah, anyways, this is super exciting because that means we committed to something and then we followed through. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been pretty good. I mean, I'm pretty impressed with myself for still showing up every week. And we <laughs> and and editing very well, might I add, because it's gotten better every episode. I think we've gotten better with our talking. Um, we're in. A, I feel like we've just gotten better with our talking. We've the editing stopped rambling as much. I mean, we still ramble, not but as much. The audio seems to have gotten a little bit better i haven't i've now gotten it where it's nice it's not perfect but it's it's good enough it's really good it's good enough where i don't want to kill myself when i'm listening to it um (laughs) and hopefully it's pleasing to other people but no one no one has like told us that we suck yet so i know i haven't gotten an email from anyone though so if if you're bored and you want to email me a story (laughs) you let me know (laughs) i check the email all the time Anyways, I got a longer story today for once because oh, I never do long stories. So this is very surprising for me. But I didn't realize that this topic would be this long because it was, it was only one person who died. So just don't expect it to be this a long. big thing. But it, she, like, she was just so interesting. <laughs> and whenever when I get to the part where I'm going to get to, you're going to be like, oh, I don't know if you'll know the story. It is kind of popular... Know. Like it's not folklore because it's true, but is, is folklore is true? I mean, folklore is just folklore, and there's true elements to it, but I'm sure it's been exaggerated over yes. the years. <sighs> but okay, so we're going all the way to Japan for this one. Ooh, Japan! What year? What year are we in? 1905 is when right. she was born. Okay, but all the things happened in the 30s, but still, in, it's still recent. In this, it's in just this century. An, yeah. You know, so that's why I wasn't sure if it was a folklore. No, I wouldn't consider it folklore if it's like within the last, like, I mean, it's only 115 years ago. Yeah. But anyways, so this is about a girl named Sada Ebi. And I don't know if I'm saying that right or not. That's all right. But we're not here to be great pronunciators. No, I'm going to guess like I'm Korean and I think the characters are really similar to Japan. So I know we don't have like a hard A, like we don't have an A. So I think it's Sada. A. Like Sa- Sarah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was born May 28th, 1905 in Kanda, Tokyo, Japan. So she's a Gemini. I'm sorry, in Canada? In Kanda, oh. Tokyo. Japan. I was like, I didn't know there was a Canada in Tokyo. I think it's a neighborhood called Kanda. Hmm. Yeah. And she was born near my birthday because I was on the 27th. So she, we share almost a birthday. Ooh. Plus, you know, a, maybe a couple dozen years. <laughs> a couple dozen. A but, couple you know, dozen. she came first and she <laughs> is going to, I think feel like she's going to last longer in literature than me because she's done. Yeah, but you're alive now and she isn't. So who's the real winner? Well, I don't know because there's, there's, you'll see. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, probably I, dead. I shouldn't say. She's probably dead. 1905, probably dead. Yeah, I would say she's probably dead Strongly now. Strongly say Even she's if dead. she, I haven't heard this story, but even if she somehow miraculously makes it out of the story, uh, time is 
a harsh bitch and time got her and even though people in japan live for a long time i don't think she's alive anymore i know but even if they live for a long time like isn't the oldest only like one i think it's like 130 is it 130 i think so for whatever reason i was gonna say 132 but i thought that was too high so i was gonna go down to 116 (laughs) i could be wrong we could both Uh, be wrong we, we could both be wrong anyways she was the youngest surviving child of Shige Yoshi and Katsu Abi, a upper middle class family. Sara's brother Shintaro was a known womanizer and after his marriage ran away with all of his parents' money because he's a dickbag. Wow. Sounds like it. Sada's sister, Teruko, had several lovers, which was punished by her father. You want to guess how he punished her? Um, no. He sold Taruko to a brothel for oh. two years, which was not an uncommon uncommon way to punish promiscuity in women. Okay, yeah, because, yeah, that doesn't really... Maybe because I've read, like, a lot of geisha. I was super into geisha yeah. stuff when I was, like, Well, this is a geisha school. story. Yes. Uh, I'm picking up on that a little bit. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I was going to say, like, oh, that's really not... All that I mean, it's harsh. It's not to say that it's not that harsh. It is. It's but not it where is of the I went. Times, unfortunately, <laughs> it's like when anyone talks about like how you know, like a lot of awful things happen in history. But then you have to understand that it was a different time, so people just didn't see it as a big deal back then, which is unfair. But it's no was, right. Didn't have rights. Women didn't have rights. Women didn't have rights. And listen, sex sells, and sex is always going to sell forever. Mm-hmm. And, and whorehouses are going to exist. Was legal and, in Japan. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, geish- yeah. So, her father would later buy her back from the contract after two years. But technically, geishas aren't really prostitutes. No, I, I was just, I was just yeah. about to you say geishas that. aren't. You know that. Aren't technically you might actually know the story. Yeah. I'm. I might. It depends on. Yeah, maybe. I did, the name doesn't seem familiar, but I don't. I don't remember names. Um, even in this past, like you know, like a long time ago, when women were basically, if you were tainted, no one wanted to marry you. Mm-hmm. Well, because of the high class of the family, she was still able to get married. Okay. So I guess like we're supposed to be like, yeah. We're just never gonna talk about how I was sold off for two years. Yeah, we it's were, fine. I was just at like a community college she was just <laughs> on the farm helping she was out at an all-girls school yeah all-girls school she was at boarding as a youngest sada was doted on and was allowed more freedoms she took lessons in singing and the shamisen which is a traditional japanese three-stringed instrument closely associated with geishas which you sh- i think yep. yeah so at that time geishas were seen as celebrities at the time and their lifestyles were viewed as glamorous as Even her they weren't yeah well i think like if we i mean they, they were glamorous but I, it was a lot of work i think it's like hollywood in the 50s though too yeah. right so um, it was glamorous but then you're on a lot of drugs and then you do a lot of drugs and like the stuff you're putting on your skin mm-hmm. is like it's filled awful. with lead mm-hmm. and it's horrible you can't you get your hair done and then you can't shower for days you have to sleep on the most uncomfortable little like neck thing to hold your head up because you can't squish your hair and oh it wasn't gosh. like i think it was like rita hayworth had like um her hairline moved up because she was too hispanic looking mm-hmm. and i remember all that shit and i'm like that, that was not a good time 
as a celebrity. No, being a celebrity <sighs> uh, comes with its own cost. Yeah, different cost at this time as a back then, but it seemed much worse back Glamour then. Glamour has a very ugly side mm -hmm. for being as glamorous as it is. But anyways, continue. As her siblings caused more problems, Sada became more independent and fell with a group of similar teenagers. At the age of 14, she was raped by an acquaintance. As her brother Shintaro had run off with a good chunk of the family fortune, Sada was given a job as a maid for a wealthy family. She hated the job and ran away with money and jewelry she stole from the wealthy home. <laughs> that sounds like something that uh, that a troublesome independent girl would do. Would most definitely do. She was later caught by the police. Her parents initially defended her ongoing bad behavior, but eventually was sold to a geisha house in Yokohama in 1922. Hmm. So I think she was 17 at this point. Yeah, 22. So um, it's interesting that like she had these like dirtbag brother and sisters that were causing all this drama. But her sister wasn't a dirtbag either. She yeah. Just, she just had sex with men or guys. And then her parents yeah. were like, well, you're a whore, which is up so. i mean and so they sold her to a whorehouse yeah. and it's like well you, what, well, what should have been why would you can't sell your daughter to a whorehouse and expect her to become less hoary when she comes home like that, that it Maybe doesn't like, <laughs> well you know you know when you watch king of the hill and then he makes him smoke that entire fucking pack of cigarettes it's like that which i will okay. that's the type of parenting that i will be doing if i ever fucking catch my kids with cigarettes they'll be smoking that whole cig that whole, whole fucking that pack. whole pack Maybe until they get that, that was mentality of this is what go I'm fuck saying. all the dudes until you don't want dick anymore yeah you know maybe that's what it was mm. toku sada's older sister said that sada always wanted to be a geisha sada claimed that being sent to a geisha was a punishment for her promiscuity so she okay. didn't really see it as like she wanted to be one. Oh, she didn't but then her sister was like no she always wanted to be one Okay. So her father's friend who was tasked with delivering her to the Geisha house raped her before delivering her. Of course he did, that disgusting little puke face. Men are so gross. Yep. Continuously. She said, I made up my mind. My body is already filthy. I don't care anymore. I've and I can really, you know, I, I, I see that. It's really yeah. shitty. No. So I've at this point, there. she's not going to be in the best place. And she's not going to have like the most i guess like a foot up in her life yeah. i feel no because she's like so defeated repeatedly being raped yeah um and then because she got raped and like she got raped and then basically her reactions to getting raped was well i'm, like her, I'm like, gross was yeah i'm gross and then her parents essentially punish her by putting her in a situation where she's just gonna go and get raped more more so, yeah yeah i can understand like why she doesn't have a good view of her body and well, hates it sada tried to climb the ranks of a geisha because i mean i guess wanting to be a celebrity wouldn't yeah. be the worst thing but would later find out that those who rose to be true stars had apprenticeships from an early age so before teenagers like they start training uh, them really early okay, on yeah. so she's too old at this point at 17 to be like a true like top geisha i be guess yeah because she now, is it because, like, see, now, what does the time really do? Because you would sort of think, I would sort of think that um, 
it would be possible for a newer, older one to pass through, but maybe they want the super, super young ones. I think they want the geishas to be really young yeah. when they hit their peak. So That's she just can't do it. Because they usually hit their peak at 20 and 21. Mm-hmm. And so they would take more time to, for her to learn all of the history I mean, and all that shit. She might be able to bang it out in four years. You don't know. But, but like, not if you're, yeah. yeah. I understand. But on the other hand, most of the girls that are raised on the geisha system um, from a younger age saw that Sada seemed more worldly and educated. Yeah. So she was more sought after by men because she seemed because she could more hold on adult. a conversation. Yeah, and she seemed like more of an adult because, like, I, I don't know, it doesn't really seem like geishas become they're they're stunted in their growth. Well, they have in to a f- lot of ways. Yeah, they're yeah. stunted in their growth in that like they're probably very limited on their exposure. Um, they're only supposed to do like certain things, and then you get this girl who actually has like, seen the world, and she probably can carry on a conversation. Yeah. Um, a little bit better, which is new, I would say would be a little bit new for these gentlemen. Um, and because of her low status, it made her more appealing because high-ranking geishas rarely ever had sex with clients, but lower-ranking oh, ones always did. Okay. So it was expected of her to have, yeah. Mm, that's but unfortunate. during this time, her sexual appetite awakened. Oh, um, after in her twenties, in her twenties, wonder what her thirties was like. Oh yeah. <laughs> after five years, Sada contracted syphilis, which meant that she had to undergo regular physical exams. Yeah. The thing with geishas is that they usually don't have to, but if you contract syphilis, you have to do regular physical exams. Geisha. Mm. They didn't have I, to get checked. I'm trying as to. Often. Rem- yeah, they didn't have to get checked as often. I remember i'm just having visuals of like it doesn't matter but she um because she already had to undergo the regular physical exams legal sex workers were required to also get that done and were paid much better so sada decided to go into that profession instead yeah so she quit the geisha house and went into like a legal prostitution house yeah which yeah why not yeah go get your money girl you got syphilis so sada began working as a prostitute in Osaka's famous Tobita brothel district. (laughs) Sada would later come to learn that geishas were treated with a certain degree of respect due to their long-held customs of being male entertainers. Yes. So she was basically treated like shit as a sex worker. You get paid more, uh, but people think you're trash. Yeah. So that's that's the big difference, which is something that you wouldn't know until you experience it, I guess, in her. Because you don't know this kind of stuff, right? It's not like she's going around talking to any of the other sex workers. Yeah, I would imagine maybe in her own experience, but I would still think that she would have, she should have known. Yeah. Uh, from her sister's experience. But maybe her sister didn't maybe. talk about it. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But, but as revenge, whenever a client treated her like shit, she stole from her them. I mean, asshole tax. So obviously she gets caught for that too. She attempted to leave the brothel several times, but was always brought back by the well-organized prostitution system. Because I think they kept track of all of them and stuff. So you can't get out? No. Oh. She was eventually able to escape after two years. 
and then became waitress because she was over it you know she was over being treated like shit but it didn't take long before sada became that dissatisfied with the wages and went went back to becoming being a sex worker because sex sells you make so much more money that way at a waitress you probably made like dirt like even now it's probably the same right she traded her tips for tips yeah I'm so, that was such a bad joke. <laughs> you leave it in. Yeah. Um, Sada became an unlicensed sex worker and worked at an unlicensed brothel in Osaka in 1932. So she was 27 at this point. Because unlicensed ones, I think, make even more money. Okay. But I'm not sure. Because they're dealing but, with cash. Yeah. And we're dealing with some more shadier, shady men. And you don't have to get checked as often because yeah. why are you getting checked if you're unlicensed? Man, she's just Running around that syphilis. Mm-hmm. When Saba's um, mother died, she returned to Tokyo in January 1933 and entered the sex market in Tokyo. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So she went back home. Saba's father fell gravely ill in January 1934, and Saba nursed him for 10 days until he died. Yeah, nursed him. Mm-hmm. So on... October 1934, Sada was arrested in a raid at an unlicensed brothel and released by her first real lover. <gasps> As in mistress, not like love, but like lover. Oh. Yeah. Kinosuke Kasahara was a well-connected friend of a brothel owner who found Sada very attractive and arranged for her to be his mistress. So she was finally taken in as a lover. How pretty woman ask of her. He would later say about her, she was really strong, a really powerful one. Even though I was pretty jaded, she was enough to astound me. She wasn't satisfied unless we did it two, three, or four times a night. I mean... How could she possibly be satisfied anymore? To her, it was unacceptable unless I had my hands on her private parts all night long. Oh At first, it was great. But after a couple of weeks, I got a little exhausted. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can imagine how... I mean, just thinking about that exhausts me. Like, yeah. every... Like, maybe once a week, three, four times a month. Or but three, t- four times a, a night, night. But, but I mean, like, every night. Every like, night, that's th- you're excessive. Just, you're just, like, blowing out dust at that point. Like, what's Yeah, this isn't a 16-year-old boy. This I, is, like, you know, probably a 40-year-old man. I'm also wondering about maybe how 50. contraception would have worked during this time. Because, like... I don't think they had it. She didn't... She, she, they never mentioned her getting pregnant in any of this. I just think about this right she, now. Uh, I can guarantee she was probably having a lot of abortions. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they had. Maybe the syphilis stopped it too. Doesn't syphilis make it really hard for you to conceive? Maybe I don't. I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> I've S- never really looked into that. Sada asked Kinosuke to leave his wife for her, and he refused. Of course he did. So then he was like, "All right, what if I took in another lover?" Because he wasn't doing it for her anymore, and he also refused. When their relationship ended. Sada escaped by leaving to Nagayo to start a new life. Because she, I, I don't think like he was going to let her go very easily. Okay. okay so okay. that's why she just left. So she he's like, like, this shit. So she's his. She's yeah. his mistress. And yep. she's like, well, let me have another man. And he's like, no. Yeah. And she's like, 
you won't leave your wife for me, but then you won't let me have another lover. So what the fuck is basically, yeah, yeah, I'm over this. So he would later say about Sada, she is a slut and a whore. As what she has done makes clear, she's a woman whom men should fear. Well, she's bitter, though. It's very, it's very sad that this is pre vibrators Mm -hmm. because I mean, that's really all she needed. She just. She just needed to have a couple orgasms. Yeah, and that was it. Maybe she just wasn't getting orgasms. That's why she needed. Yeah, that's often. why she needed the three to four times. Because she only got it off once a night, and then who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Although, um, I do understand the whole needing his her hands on her privates through the whole night. Uh, that's a like childhood trauma, sexual trauma oh, type. Yeah. Uh, deal that could be a comfort thing for oh, her yeah, so true. i sort of under i can sort of understand that yeah but it um everything else is a little excessive well sada similarly had a very negative view of kinosuke saying about him he didn't love me and treated me like an animal he was the kind of scum who would plead with me when i said that we should break up and i think that's why she left for nagoya she just couldn't deal with it yeah in 1935, in Nagoya, Sada again attempted to leave the sex industry and worked as a maid at a restaurant. And I don't know if a maid at a restaurant is different than a waitress. I think they're one of those people who like are kind of like pseudo geishas where they sit next to the guys and like, you know, they probably just clean pour up. tea yeah, or maybe up. like pour tea and like flirt and stuff. Yeah. Because then this is where she met her next romantic involvement, Goro Omu. Omuya, a professor and a banker who had, um, I guess, dreams of becoming a politician as well. <laughs> well, you're not going to be a politician when you're banging a syphilis geisha. Well, knowing that she couldn't have a sexual relations with clients, which is why I think that, you know, okay, she might have been yeah. one of those people pouring tea. Um, Sada returned to Tokyo where Goro met her. In January 1936, Goro suggested Asada to open a small restaurant and become financially independent. I mean, yeah, yeah. he was really trying to help her. Hey, you know what? You can't fuck all the men, so why don't you start your own business and hire other girls to fuck the men? Yeah. You or know you, you know could, how to run it. She you does. Know the ins she and knows outs. the ins and outs of the industry smart. at this point. Yeah. Instead of being head geisha, why don't you be, or instead of being the top geisha, why don't you be the this head point. geisha? So, or 30 at this point. So she, you yeah, know, you totally could. getting older she comes now. comes from a prominent too. family. Well, like, they're poor now. That's the well, problem. Well, yeah. I mean, they're poor now, but she had, she does. She come. does. Yeah. So I'm sure there's people that know people. So Sada became an apprenticeship at the Yoshidaya restaurant on February 1st, 1936. Oh, so the 1936 is the year where everything just goes just everywhere for her. Uh, this is I the mean, year. This is the rest. The rest of the story is this 1936 year. was quite a year in Japan. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. The 30s were um, rocking all over the world. Because I don't. Yeah, the war. Holy didn't. shit! There's still. Three- I told you. Sorry. This is like when shit goes down and I have so many things and you're gonna. Okay. Oh my god. All right. This is where she met. Kichizo Ishida, who was a well-known womanizer who did a little, who did little running the business. 
Okay, so she's still with the one dude, right? She is still with the other Okay, so dude. she's with the one dude that said, hey, start your own business. Place. And then that's when she starts working as an apprentice in a restaurant yes. who's owned by Kichizo. Okay. But he's also a womanizer. Yeah. And he's, like, not really working, so his wife is doing all the work at this point for the restaurant, like, running it and stuff. Okay. Kichizo made heavy advances to Sada, which she would give into as Goro never fulfilled, sexually fulfilled her. Never all the way, at least. Yeah. They had their first sexual encounter on April 23rd, 1936. Oh, my God. I love that. It's like I'm picturing she's like writing her her journal, like their journal. And like I finally had I finally had sex tonight at a love hotel in the Shibuya neighborhood, which lasted four days. I'm sorry. She had sex for four days Four straight days. But that's not all. Because on April 27th, they moved to another tea house, which is a love hotel, in Fukutaku Tamagawa neighborhood, where they continued to drink and have tons of sex. Kichizo would not return to the restaurant until May 8th, 1936. I'm sorry. He was gone gone off fucking this girl for For two two weeks. weeks. Two straight weeks. Oh, wow. That wife must be pissed. They don't actually talk about the wife. Like oh. they never. I don't well, know if they didn't I mean, interview her, or maybe the wife doesn't care because she already knows. I mean, it's a different, it's a different time. Men were always just fucking everything, and he was known to be fucking yeah. as many women as yeah. possible. But I maybe mean, she didn't know that he was fucking damn. one girl for two How weeks. How much fucking sea urchin or whatever weird sea creature was he eating? Because urchin doesn't, doesn't make you. I don't know. I think it's um. I don't even know. There, it's there's a. There's something. There's something. I, I think just, it's um, <laughs> seahorse dust or something that makes you. I don't know. It's super. I know stupid. oysters are supposed to be enough. Yeah, for but that's not anything. Whatever. Yeah. People just thought if they ate something, it would make them hornier. It's like slimy, like, and it's like reminds you of a vagina. <laughs> it's just like no. Sada would later say about Kichizo. It's hard to say exactly what was so good about Kichizo. The dick. But it was impossible to say anything about his looks his attitude his skill as a lover the way he expressed his feelings like it was impossible to say anything negative about it yeah i had never met such a sexy man dude was probably like 12 plus inches no they talk about i talked about the penis size later okay got all okay. of it all right Sato. wow <laughs> <That's why I'm laughs> what kind of podcast is this we apologize we don't normally have sex stories um <laughs> I did though. <laughs> I told you I was going back to my roots. <laughs> That's okay. I love these. Sada would become incredibly jealous because, you know, he leaves after two weeks and for an entire week he doesn't contact her. Dude really. was getting mad. she was getting mad orgasms. For two weeks. For two weeks straight. And then just cut I'd, off. Yeah, I'd be pissed too. Like bring back that magic dick. So she convinced herself that he went back to his wife and bought a kitchen knife with the money she received from pawning some of her clothes. Oh no. A place she attended where the geisha taxed her lover with a large knife inspired this purchase. No, she's not. Um, on oh. May 11th, oh, no. Sada met with Kichizo. Okay. I pulled the kitchen knife out of my bag and threatened him, as had been done in the play I had seen, saying, Kichi, you wore that kimono just to please one of your favorite customers. You bastard. I'll kill you for that. Kichizo <laughs> was startled and drew away a little, but then he seemed delighted with all of it. Oh so he gosh. was into it. He's like, she's, yeah, you know what? 
He probably did get a little turned on. I got a little turned on sitting here thinking of someone in a kimono. And just I'm just letting <laughs> you know that there's way more stuff. Oh my gosh. Okay. Their lovemaking now had knife play and asphyxiation as the knights of their reunion and progressed. Oh, okay. So okay. after the knife Sorry. play was added in, that was escalated like, real quick. You know, <laughs> the knife play is added in, and then you start choking. You're like, oh man, if you choke and you lose oxygen, orgasms are better, and all that stuff, right? Wow, they're just they're really escalating. So, um, but hey, you know what? If you know what you like, get it. On um, May sixteenth, nineteen thirty six, Sada cut off Kachizo with her obi sash, which is just like the sash used for a kimono. I'm sorry, cut off. Yeah, like cut off his like his oh, oxygen. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So she's strangling him. Yeah, during orgasm, which they both enjoyed. Yes. They'll continue this sexual play for two more hours. Okay. Kachizo's face became distorted after the strangulation stopped, and it took. 30 tablets of sedative called Calmatin for his pain. I'm sorry. He took 30 tablets of a pill because he was in so much pain after, the, like, Okay, this. so... I've never so been she, choked, so I don't okay. know what it... So she, so she choked him, and then, uh, and then afterwards, afterwards... It hurt so much. It hurt so much, so he took 30, 30 tablets pills. of pain medication. That's excessive. 30 of anything is too much of that one thing. Jokingly, Kachizo said the next time she should just strangle him to death because it hurt so much when she stopped. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know where this is going. Oh my gosh. But this you don't know a, this because is, it gets better. Oh gosh. Okay. On May 18th at 2 a.m. as Kachizo was asleep, Sada wrapped her sash around his neck twice and strangled him to death. What? Well, she wasn't even fucking him. She oh, just, maybe she's about to. I should brace myself. It seemed as though Sada came to a realization that Kachiza would never leave his family for her and she couldn't bear to be parted with him. Oh. After I killed Kachizo, I felt totally at ease as though a heavy burden had been lifted from my shoulders and I felt a sense of clarity. Oh, a lot of serial killers say that. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't, a lot of people that kill people, kill people say, say that. that. Like, after they killed someone. They feel like a they, sense Yeah, of, like a total sense of calming. And I'm just sort of like, I don't want to kill anybody. Well, you're going to like this I want to know what chemical your brain releases. You want to ask this question after this next okay, part. Okay, 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 okay. After lying next to Kachizo's dead body for a few hours, she took a kitchen knife and cut off his genitals. Okay, yeah, I... I sort of foresaw the, the the cutting of the genitals, which is why I was confirming that when you said that she cut off cores with the, with the well, she wrapped his penis and testicles because it wasn't just Ooh, penis when she genitals. Took, she took, she took giblets too in a magazine cover and oh. would carry it with her until she was later caught. So she oh, had it on her in a magazine cover. I thought she was gonna like put it in like a I don't think she was that. She, I don't think she planned. Something that kind of stuff you know so you want to put it on paper in his blood she wrote we sada and kichishida are alone wrote it on his left eye and on the bed sheet with his blood she also carved sada into his left arm oh wow she's she she really needs some love <laughs> well she left the inn telling the inn people to like leave him alone for a bit yeah. I guess give her time. And then yeah. she met with Goro to apologize. 
That's her. That's her first, her second lover, right? He, that's the one who told her to go and open up a restaurant, because uh, he had ambitions of starting a full career. Goro assumed that she was apologizing for taking in another lover, but later came to realize that she was apologizing for ruining his political career with his association with there. It did. I mean, yes, but I'm sure she was probably apologizing for. It was because of what's going to happen to him. Oh, she really? Knows. She, she, yeah, she's because she's still alive. So yeah, but she wrote, she wrote like, a lot of memoirs. She's too. like, hey, sorry, I. A lot of this is in her own words oh, okay. because she did write like a lot of memoirs. Oh, okay. Yeah. The discovery of Chizo's body caused a national sensation with police receiving multiple reports of Sada sightings in various cities because people were like, this bitch is cutting off people's penises and <laughs> genitals and running around with testicles in her fucking you know, purse or whatever. So Well, they wouldn't have really known about the testicles in the purse yet. Well, I think they, they, found... they, they, they did find his body and they're yeah. missing... But they didn't know that she had, had them in them. her purse. Yeah, I know. But at the same but time, still. it's like, holy shit, yeah. right? The discovery that syphilis, man. <laughs> well, syphilis does fuck with your head. It does give yeah, you brain and that's what I was trying stuff. to think of. Like, I wonder how much the yeah, syphilis it really deteriorating because she didn't get you know because she she got that syphilis pretty young. Yeah, um, like when she was, yeah, I think, like twenty. Definitely eating away at her brain yeah. for sure. But anyway, on May twentieth, Sada wrote farewell letters and had already made plans to commit suicide. She planned to do it a week after the murder on May 25th. During this time on the run, she practiced necrophilia, which is full circle of me, my cutting the penis off and necrophilia. Oh my God. So connected she, both my stories she together. Like, I'm so, she was masturbating with, 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 yeah. key, with the, 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 the dude. <sighs> it's not even hard. I, don't worry. It's all soft. I, I got her it's words gross. and description. Oh, of this my act. God. Just yes. For you. This is, this so is why great. it's so long. This is my porn. Give it to me. Angela. I felt attached oh. to Chizo's penis and thought that only after taking leave from it quietly can I then die. I unwrapped the paper holding them and gazed at his penis and scrotum. I put his penis in my mouth and even tried to insert it inside me. It oh didn't gosh. work. However, though, I kept trying and trying. <laughs> then I decided that I would flee to Osaka, staying with Kichio's penis all the while. In the end, I would jump from a cliff on Mount Ikoma while holding onto his penis. <laughs> oh my God. What was the sex like with him? I like, don't she know. Must have, she she does must talk have, about like, it though. He must have rocked her world. Well, like she talks about like how much he walked her world though, right? Like yeah. he talks she talks about like how he was the best. Clearly. But I, I just mean, like the fact that like I did a, so good. I did a necrophilia one and I did a penis cutting one and then this yeah. one like just combined both of them taking everything in me story. not to say chewy penis <laughs> chewy well she didn't eat it but no she but she put it, it she put it in her mouth and I was instantly like chewy, chewy penis <laughs> <laughs> at 4 p.m. the police came to her room this was a coincidence as they weren't actually looking for her but been doing a routine check on a false name in the hotel registry so when she opens the door, she tells them, if you're looking for Sada, it's me. And they don't believe her until she shows them the penis and the testicles. What? They didn't believe you, girl. You could have gone away with it. No. And you're like, no, really, I'm Sada. Look, I have the 
<laughs> I have <laughs> the penis. I have the penis. Here you go. Here you go. This exactly is me. Do you happened. want proof? Do you want proof? Here's, here's the penis. <laughs> here's the stick and berries that I stole. Oh you'll, if you take it, you'll probably be able to match it up with the dead body that you have. Yeah. Like, but like if not, you just don't wonder why I have. Like, just. <laughs> so they believed her after she. I, I would. <laughs> could you imagine if they did? <laughs> so funny. This bitch just walking around with some fake scrotum. Oh my gosh. During interrogation, Sada came to life as she talked about Kichizo. I loved him so much. I wanted him all to myself. But since we were not husband and wife, as long as he lived, he could be embraced by other women. I knew that if I killed him, no other woman could ever touch him again. So I killed him. So rumors circulated that Kichizo's penis size would be like fucking giant, right? Because, like, he's that great of a lover. And I mean, this girl who's, like, been looking for a lover that's going to satiate, like, her fucking, you know. Yeah. But then, no, the interrogators um, said that Kichizo was just average. Sada told me size doesn't ma- make a man. Technique and his desire to please me yeah. were what I liked about yeah. Kichizo. Yeah. And that's how I knew his penis was av- average size. I mean... Now, are they going by when it was flaccid yeah. and all dead? Because but he could be a her. grower and not a shower. But he asked her, like, what the size was like. So she would know what it looked yeah. like hard. So, uh, and mean, she's seen a what's lot. average? Well, she was yeah. she and she seen also, a lot of she's penises. She's also seen a lot of penises. Yes. No, and it is, it is true to men of, you know. If you know how to use it, that's what Knowing how to use it means more. And, you know vaginal sex isn't the only kind of sex yes there's other ways to be sexual with someone that doesn't necessarily include penetration and maybe he was lighting her up in all sorts of different ways maybe that's why she wanted dick yeah she thought that it would come to life inside of her somehow she she was coming to life when it was inside her she was definitely crazy no she sure no she definitely was yeah there's a certain amount of mental instability and yeah everything that went i mean on. you already had a lover and then you took another lover because he wasn't a lover. enough yeah that's just, the problem nothing was enough lovers, for this girl all of her lovers were people though who already had wives it seemed like yeah i think he needed to find someone that was maybe a little bit more available yeah but then she didn't like them well because she obviously had m- many lovers or yeah. as a sex worker she would have had a lot of clients so yeah. yes a lot of clients so on november 25th 1936 a at 5 a.m a giant crowd had already formed for sada's first day in court because Ooh. at this point she has become somewhat of a celebrity as the climb was completely sensationalized yeah I and am. it would be anywhere i think you know you carry around it's not enough to just cut off someone's penis and testicles but to carry it around with you the daughter of a previously prominent family yeah yeah but on top of from grace and on top of that just the fact that you carried it around with you not just like threw it away or just left it because you're angry it's next level yeah it's next level so the 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 removal of penis period is next level well (laughs) this kind of goes back to what you said because the judge presiding over the trial admitted that some of the details involved in the case made him sexually aroused but the trial would be held with the utmost seriousness Mm -hmm. and at least he was honest because it's like you know he probably just listening to all the sex she was having and then yeah we're talking about a girl that just couldn't get enough fucking sex yeah like 
men are gonna get turned on by that and, and i wonder if any, any of that had to do with the syphilis i mean it could be and it could just be like she just a really ha- high sex drive it. yeah like she she craved i think that she was conditioned she may have eventually got conditioned to crave a certain feeling yeah. and she needed that feeling or she was just like a like you know that's what she's that's all that she's worth was just like you know having sex is the yeah. only thing that she knew that she could do or what was good she was good for well sort of in line with what you're saying mm-hmm. before sentencing sada said the thing i regret the most about this incident is that i have become to be misunderstood as some kind of sexual pervert there has never been a man in my life like ashida there were men I liked and with whom I slept without accepting money, but never, none made me feel the way I did towards him. Yeah. So it wasn't re- it was about like that feeling that yeah. he gave her. Yeah. No, she, she made him feel alive. Mm-hmm. She, he made her feel alive. No, I, I get that. Uh, not to the degree that she obviously feels it, but it was, yeah, it, it yeah. was definitely like a, it was, it was very like heated. Let's say that heated yeah. penis cutting. Sada was convicted of second-degree murder and mutilation of a corpse. That's too bad, because it sort of feels like, I mean, well, actually, he probably wouldn't agree to it. It's not the same thing with the other guy. Where yeah. It's like, no, I'll totally no, be yeah, good you can eat you me. Yeah, it's totally fine. eating me. <laughs> the prosecution demanded 10 years, and Sada claimed that she wanted the death penalty, because she just really wanted to die at this point. Yeah. Which is what she like, had planned for. Yeah. But she was sentenced to six years in prison and was released exactly five years after the murder on May 17th, 1941. Good behavior. I don't know. There, I yeah. think she was like prisoner number 11 in the women's prison she was at. So there just weren't that many women prisoners anyways. Yeah. And this was during World War II because World War II didn't end until 1945. Uh, yeah. So they had better things to do yeah. than deal with her at this point. God, how many times do you think she was raped in that jail? Well, she was, it was a women's jail. That doesn't mean That's shit. True. That most That doesn't mean shit at all. If anything, it just means she'll get raped more. Yeah. Because it's not like they have women guards, and it's the World War Two. Like World War Two started in 1939, so it was like three years after she had been in prison. But I don't really know what happened. Yeah, but World War War didn't end until 1945. Yeah, so it was like two. But then she was released in 1941, so she was released yeah. two years after the war had started. Yeah, so that, yeah. What I'm that's what I'm saying though is that like the men knows? men were not nice. <laughs> so the police record of Sada's interrogation became a bestseller. Really? Yes, because her she was very vivid and very um, descriptive of a lot of things. I can't believe they sold that. Why not, right? <laughs> you need money. <laughs> yeah, but still. After her release, Sada assumed an alias and became a mistress of a serious man, which she doesn't name. Identified as Y in her memoirs, she broke up with Y after his friends and family found out that she was Sada, which I get. I mean, yeah, yeah, I would tell my friend too. Like, you probably shouldn't be with that girl who cut off that guy's dick. Yeah, she seems a little crazy and obsessive. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, She'll ruin your career. So before World War II, she was she was depicted as an example of an unbridled females like um she was an example of unbridled female sexuality mm-hmm. and a threat to the patriarchal system yeah because she was but after world war ii look at this woman who wants more sex than men do yeah like how how can we live with women who want more sex than men do you can't like, you that's can't. basically all it is yeah. like how can we have someone that wants more sex than we do but like, after world war ii because they're kind of like 
you know, they're trying to like get off this whole yeah. thing where, you know, they did a lot of shitty things, wishing to divert public attention from politics and criticism of the occupying authorities. The government encouraged the three S policy, sports, screens, and sex. Yeah, because now they've just got done killing all these people. And, and now, now they have these people, their people now have PTSD. They need so something. Now they need to have the sex to feel better. So SADA became a symbol of freedom from oppressive political ideologies and a critic of totalitarianism. <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> In wow. 1946, writer Ango Sakaguchi interviewed Sada and treated her as an authority of both both sexuality and freedom, which I don't know if she is. It's just, I don't know. But don't, it, she, was, she, really... was, she was such a big figure, so I think they just used her because she yeah. was already, like, everyone already knew who she was. Yeah, she's just a prominent name. Ango called her a tender, warm figure of salvation for future generations. Please don't cut off anyone's penis, anyone listening to this. Please don't. What? What? There's nothing tender about her. She was so sweet. She was so sweet. That was all she did was just want sex, and she just loved him so much. But the good thing of the end of World War II, besides a ton of other good things, but it also gave Sada a new lease in life because she got penicillin, Ooh. which freed her from syphilis. And then, she, well, I mean... And from her inevitable death and going insane from syphilis, well, which... She, arguably could have already been there yeah uh but good for her that she was able to get the penicillin mm -hmm. and then could enjoy having sex again she will go on to write several memoirs and tour around japan for several years appearing on stage as herself in a play based on the incident what <laughs> well you know what she got <laughs> i guess she got her fame imagine like if like someone like mary Kay letourneau did that <laughs> right that's the most saying. that's the most japanese like she got to star in the play of her murdering somebody yep. um and it sold out it was so it's great sold that's, out it's so american like <laughs> it's so american that it would never happen in america because we're just like no you can't no, you, you can't, can't do that, do that. Fucking oj simpson oj simpson wanted to write a book and we were like no nah. yeah, and if he did a play on <laughs> oh my god if you he played himself in that ryan murphy like trial oh, oh my god that'd my be gosh. the mo or, oh my god anyways so sada remains a popular subject in film plays and books i totally can see that yeah it's a shocking tale yeah she disappeared from the public eye in 1970. So director Nagisha Oshima of In the Realm of Senses, which is one of the most popular movies based on her life, mm -hmm. decided to search for her, the subject of his film in the mid-1970s. He actually yeah. found her with her hair all cut off in a Kansai nunnery, which is like a Buddhist temple. So she became a monk. Yeah, I can... She just... Yeah, she just kind of disappeared. And that was the last reporting reported sighting of Sada, which is why it's like she's dead. We just mm -hmm. don't know when she died. We don't really know whatever happened to her afterwards. She, you know what? Even though she had the like the penicillin and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure the syphilis probably still really affected her. Still really affected yeah. her. So her uh becoming a monk isn't isn't shocking. Just kind of getting away yeah, from all of like it after little, like all the sensationalism yeah. around her life. So she remains a popular figure to write about. 
but I have this last tidbit about yeah. Kichizo's penis and testicles. Are they on display? They were at Tokyo University Medical School Pathology Museum and on public display soon after the end of World War II, but has since disappeared. They've disappeared. Oh, I wonder if she took them. I wonder if they're buried together. What if she fucking took them and then she she went to nunnery or somebody else? Like someone else went and 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 got it for her and and sent it to her. And then now that's why she's at the nunnery with like his. And she's married to his penis now. And and they're like buried together. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be. That's what I was thinking. Crazy. That would be so amazing. That's my. I want that so much. I want that so much. And that's what I wanted to think. Like she's with his penis now. Yeah, they don't talk the about his wife about like how his wife felt about any of this. <laughs> Who cares? No one cares. It was about really the wife. long because I had to go through like her life story, but yeah. No, that was a great story. Thank you. I loved it. Thanks for sharing it with me. It's not what I have never heard that story. <laughs> um, definitely not what they based memoirs of a geisha on. No, <laughs> she doesn't cut off his penis and testicles and have sex with it. That's mm. weird. No, she gets the guy in the end, oh. um, as they do. In not stories, in this. not well, in this. Well, she did. She did get the she eye did. in the end. She got. She got till him. his dying breath. Yeah, got him. She got him. Got him. All right. Well, <laughs> we're gonna talk about another badass bitch over on my end. Yes. Um, I don't know if she's a badass bitch, but she's uh, bad. I guess yeah, mine also are you like arguable if you want to say if she's a badass or just bad um so i'm going to tell you the story of olga of kiev okay and we're going far back to the late 800s early 900s uh but the story doesn't the time i mean to me the the timeline doesn't really matter the the year it happened because the story's fucking timeless much like yours i think your story is pretty timeless too um so the majority of the story is from a compilation of works called the Primary Chronicle, mm-hmm. and it is the interpretation of history of Eastern Slavs from 850 to 1110. Is that how you would have pronounced that year? 1110? Oh, yeah, or 1110, yeah. 1110. Uh, And it was written by a monk named Nestor, and I just... I like that. A monk named Nestor. And I think Nestor is a good name. Yeah. Nestor is a good name. Should name your future child Nestor. <laughs> Let's bring that back. Get your uh, boyfriend to agree. <laughs> um, how about Nestor? How about no. Nestor? Uh, there's some controversy over the actual dates and years because the book was written um, like 200 years after the history was actually like happened. happened yeah. Um, it's never accurate when it's like way yeah. after... And, like, when you go by the actual dates here, she would have been at least 60 when she had her first son. So it's sort of like, um, is it actually, was yeah. she actually born here? So I'm going to go by the dates that were in the book or in, in the chronicle. Uh, but just know they don't make any sense. And so if you're one of those people that tries to do the math, it's the math isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Can't do anything about it. Don't follow it. Yeah, just try not to. Okay, so Olga was reportedly born in Skov, Rus, which I imagine is short for Russia because it wasn't Russia yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, And 879. And this lucky little girl, uh, she grows up and meets and falls in love with Igor, the prince of Kivan Rus. Kivan Rus, sorry. Uh, And the two get married in 903. 
and in 914, Igor finally turns of age and he becomes the ruler of Kievan Rus mm-hmm. and the two reign together for a wonderful 30 years. Okay, so, but it really wasn't all that wonderful because it's the 900s mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's it's just nothing but war because that's all that was happening during that time. Because there's no other form of entertainment besides war. Yeah, it's just, it's just not- war and murder and uncivilized civilizations. Yeah. And, uh, and Igor was pretty good at keeping rule he was pretty good at winning wars uh he was evil he was even able to besiege constantinople constantinople uh twice which if you remember from one of my previous throwback stories uh became impenetrable probably because igor kept coming in and fucking shit up Mm -hmm. uh but he was able to break that shit down twice so he was pretty good um and then in 945 uh war started getting super expensive although i'm sure it was expensive the entire time he's running out of money and so igor goes and he starts collecting up some tributes and uh, while he's off on his like gold collecting run uh he runs into a tribe or he heads over to a tribe of drevlians and the drevlians are a tribe that used to have rule over uh russ pre-Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Igor's father came in and he decided that Kiev was going to be uh, the ruler of, That's of Russia. And so they kicked the, the Drevlins out and then made the Drevlins pay tribute. So when the father died, they were like, fuck you, we're not going to pay tribute anymore. So Igor comes in, he's like, hey, so I know you used to pay my dad taxes, mm-hmm. but you haven't been for the last 50, 60 years. So I'd really like for you to like pay Paid all the back ta- taxes as well, right? And the yeah. back taxes too. And the Drevelins, uh, who obviously hated yeah. uh, the Kievans, uh, because they believed that they should be the true rulers, was like, ha ha ha, no. no. And they attack him and they, uh, they knock him out. And then reportedly by some fishermen, they tell the tale about how they saw them bend two birch trees down, tie a tree to each end of Igor, then let the tree straighten up, resulting in his body being ripped apart. And, That's so crazy. And, and flown about. Imagine like the people who think up this stuff though. Yeah, because I like, love, yeah. I love ancient like torture, torture yeah. and ancient killing methods because it's just like i feel like that's they just, creative. they're so bored so like you have to be creative in some way so murder yeah. is a great way to be like, creative in think of how easy it is to just kill a human yeah and here they were just like you know what let's make we'll, him really suffer let's slingshot them yeah. by tying like i wonder what will happen if we just like rip them apart with trees so he dies pretty gruesome and like he's essentially the ruler of of kiev russia so Mm -hmm. or russ so it's a big deal and uh so word gets back to olga and olga loved igor they just spent 30 years together or 30 plus years together uh they she's been back ruling uh the castle with her three-year-old son and like they were and this is like a late birth if you're going by the years, she's mm-hmm. probably like 60 years old. And has well, a yeah, she's been married yeah. for that long to have a three-year-old. You're like, how yeah. did that even happen? That's uh, crazy. Having lots of sex. She had <laughs> like the fucking uterus of a 20-year-old. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really know. But either way, she has a son. But because uh, the king has died and her son's only three, she is now ruler of 
Kiev. And much like even current times, they other countries, especially um, the uh, the Drevlians, were not okay with, with a woman, a woman yep. in lead. However, um, the Kievian army they supported her because mm-hmm. they really loved Igor and they, she had been ruling for 30 years and she was a pretty good queen. And it was just until her son came up, but everyone was like, we don't like a woman. Um, so they, uh, neighboring factions would like be like, Hey, marry, uh, marry this man. Mm-hmm. Hey, marry this man. And she'd be she like, didn't need no, no man to fucking run yeah. a country. I don't need you. You just want to steal like yeah. the land because and she really live, like this person she actually loved yeah. for a long time. She doesn't yes. want to fucking taint the marriage, yeah. like sink them. Oh, fuck um, that shit. And really, they just wanted to steal the throne from her kid. Yeah, and she was trying to preserve the throne for her, for her child, for her only child, yeah. because it was her only heir. It was Igor's only son, Aww. and she just loved him so much. So Igor had daughters as well. No, oh, okay. they so only, only had child. one child. Okay. It was his, it was. Her yeah, it was his only son and his only child. And it was the only heir left of this, like, dynasty. So it was super important. She was like, no, I'm I'm going to be a good wife. Mm-hmm. She didn't need as much dick as your girl did. <laughs> she didn't need to be perpetually <laughs> having sex all yes. the time. Um, and then one day, a group of Drevlians, so the people that had killed the king, they show up. And they send 20 of their best men, and they're just like, listen, we know that we killed your husband, and like, we're really sorry about that, but you don't need to be over here being the region of Kiev. Wow. That's not a womanly job. Mm-hmm. Come marry our prince. Be our queen. And then we'll rule both together. Yeah. And uh, just let the men rule. Yeah. Uh, and when your soul is when your son is older, he can rule the, the Drevlians. Even and though he definitely wouldn't, because then she would definitely... Oh, they definitely would have killed that kid. Yeah, like, immediately. Immediately. And she knew that. Yeah, because they just wanted the power, right? Yeah. They just wanted, like, the head crown. They probably would have killed her right away. Uh, and so Olga's clearly, like, she's not dumb. No. She's like, you're going to, like, kill all my stuff. And so what does she do? She has, She burns... She has all those men burned alive. Good. Uh, and as she's watching the men die, she realizes, hey, you know what? This feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. Killing people who murdered my husband makes me feel really, really good. Let's do some more of yes. this. So she devises a plan, and she sends word to the Prince Mal of Drevlian uh, that she has accepted his marriage proposal. Oh, my God. Um, but... She doesn't really feel safe traveling, and she asks if he would be willing to send his most distinguished men to accompany her on his That's journey so there. That's so smart. So that she can feel safe, yeah. you know? You know, just this fragile woman yeah. and a young boy out on the roads It's alone. so dangerous for them. Exactly. Yeah. When in, in the 900s, of course. Of course. Uh, someone might attack them. <laughs> well, she has a queen, right? Yeah. So she has all the yes. money. Yes, yes. Uh, an important queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Prince Mal is like, yes, I'll send everyone you need. And he does all his best dignitaries, the lords of his land, like all the top high yeah. end, trying high to end really people. impress yeah, her, like, really trying to impress her. Uh, and when they arrive, Ol- Olga greets them warmly mm-hmm. and she says, oh, you must be so cold and tired from your trip. 
please have a nice warm bath in my bathhouse. And she shows all 20 people in there. And uh, then she locks the door and burns the bathhouse to the ground. And then she sends word back to Prince Mal. She's like, before I can come marry you, I must hold a funeral service for my dead husband Mm -hmm. because I need to mourn him properly before I marry you Mm -hmm. and then become your wife. I need to mourn my my dead wife or my dead husband. And uh, Mal is again like, no problem, no problem. Uh, Have your feast, then come on over. I'll let my people know and they can show up have a good time Mm -hmm. we'll re you know we'll be able to reunite our lands it'll be great and so they the people show up they have a little feast and then after the feast after everyone's all full on love and and food and drunk on whatever booze they had back then because i don't really know wasn't really sure if it'd be wine probably game of thrones yeah (laughs) well i also did a game of thrones (laughs) reference uh olga orders her soldiers to kill everyone at the feast Total red wedding style. Yes. Uh, in total, Olga's soldiers killed over 5,000 men. That's amazing. Just slaughtered them all, bunch of killing. Uh, and as she stood in her grand hall, covered in the blood of these 5,000 men, she looked around and thought, you know what? It's not enough. No, it's never it's not, enough. It's, I haven't avenged Igor enough. I have to destroy all of them. I have to wipe out all of them. Yes. They all have to die. That's the only way to make me feel better. Uh, and so she prepares her army to go do and to go. So all the women and that. children to just kill all of them. Everyone. Every uh, single one. Good. But the word had already gotten back to the Drevlins that yeah. Olga's been like up here killing people and burning shit to the ground and clearly didn't want to marry the prince. Yeah. Um, and the survivors were pleading and begging for her to, to have mercy on them and to stop and please don't kill us. And so she's like, hmm, nah. think about it. Um, I will spare you, but only if you provide me three pigeons and three sparrows from your home. Mm-hmm. She said that to everybody. And everyone was like, all I got to do is give you six birds to live. Fine. I'll give you the birds. So weeks later, after all the birds have arrived, all the pigeons and the sparrows um, arrive in Kiev, Olga orders her army to tie sulfur and cotton cloth to each bird's legs. And then they release them all into the night and all of the birds uh, fly back to Drevlian and then they like everything just catches on fire. That's amazing. Because the birds lived in the eaves of the little straw huts because it's Mm the 900s and that's what they were building their huts with, wood and straw. And everything gets set up ablaze all at the same time and they can't get the fire out because like there's everything's just burning down. Um, That's so fucking smart yes well a, a little tidbit uh the americans tried to do this in world war ii or they were going to do this in world war ii with the japanese uh, i guess they did a successful run with like bats or something uh-huh. like that but then they opted not to and they dropped a bomb instead and well we all know how that worked out so great yes mm-hmm. but uh she i don't i don't know if she was the first one to do this uh-huh but um it was she was the one that was like sort of quoted with the World War Two and the Americans where they were like where uh, they wanted to up. use um, animals to like go and do this. somehow because it, it was successful seems more humane to use bats than a bomb even though I guess yeah. there'll be more creatures di- I don't care it just sounds more humane to do something with bats 
I mean, I think it's probably better to do it with a bomb and then wipe them all out really quickly. But then instead it's, of it's, it's like residual, you know, yeah, nu- well, I yeah, mean, radiation forever. So, yeah. yeah. Whereas like the bats, yeah, it's a. Yeah, but I mean, that bat die. could like, you know, then you that bat could shit somewhere and then that pig eats the bat shit and then all of a sudden you're killing the whole fucking planet because you have some airborne disease i watched a movie about that once (laughs) it was just i was like um what would be in the bat shit (laughs) you you have to watch this movie i think it was called like uh, i don't it might have been called contagion i don't really know it's definitely within the last 10 years but it was about like some like uh flu that basically Mm -hmm. went and like killed everybody and at the very end you found out that it was like a bat shit and like a pig ate that shit and then they that pig went they was slaughtered at a restaurant and then they served that like dead infected pig to somebody and then she ate it and then killed basically the whole planet because it's just so crazy to me yeah it's like how would that happen but it was well i remember when i first watched it i was like that's insane but i was like wait holy shit is that how that fucking works and maybe i mean that's how a zombie apocalypse i mean that's how aids happened like we learned about that it was like a fucking monkey that's why it's really yeah that's like that's like that's that's like the one thing that confuses me is like the airborneness of it i guess yeah i don't really know how airborne stuff but airborne diseases is so much scarier scare of that. me yeah scare me a lot more and that's why it always scares me when they're trying to weaponize diseases yeah. it's just like you're making it airborne which makes it mm-hmm. so much more worse yeah. so you can't con- like yeah. at least you can sort of control aids because it is a sexually transmitted disease or blood yeah it's it's blood, you know, yeah. blood transmission so at least it's like well, there is a way that you can. If you keep not your blood it. in your body and you make sure that nothing other, no other fluid gets into your, your body, body yeah. you're safe. Yeah. Uh, but you will never know for sure what you're inhaling. No. Ever. No. And it is. That's that's why airborne diseases scare me the most. Yeah. They scare me. Okay, so, uh, but Olga didn't stop there because after she released the birds, uh, she also sent her army to surround the perimeter of the town. And as the people fled from their burning homes, they, they were shot gunned them down. Oh, they had guns back then? Yeah. What? I don't, or, I don't know I mean, when guns were invented. That's why I actually don't well, know. Well, they were, they were shot. So I don't know if it was like an arrow. I mean, it, it might have, it may be arrows. I don't know why. I, I imagine like Lord of the Rings for some reason, but I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure. sure I don't even know how guns. old 900. <laughs> it just seems so old. I mean, it may have been, well, whatever they were, she, they, she had to get, sh- they were shot. Yeah. Uh, the one, some, they were captured. Um, the ones that she, she did capture, she ended up executing or she sold into slavery. No, maybe they didn't have guns. Maybe they just like stabbed them and cut them up. I just thought it was bone they, arrow style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe <sighs> they killed them all. I'm really bad at history, so I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And as a final act of revenge, she ordered the army to burn down whatever was left to Mm -hmm. the ground, uh, thus completely wiping out all of the Drevlian people, and the Drevlians were no more. Just complete annihilation of an entire country or city. Well, yeah, like a village, city, like a population. Sometimes it was referred to, yeah. Yeah. It was referred to as a tribe. Sometimes they were referred to as a city. Sometimes it was just, just a village. Like it was all over the place. It's, it's the 900s. It's yeah. not very big. Um, now, before you go thinking, uh, oh my gosh, Stephanie, this woman is so horrible. How huh? could she live with herself after murdering all those people? Um, well, I'll tell you. 
She found Christianity. <laughs> and she, she was found baptized. Jesus. Oh my God. She Jesus forgave Jesus. her for all of her sins. This is like every, this like, is like but, everyone you talk yes, to. Yes. Christianity is just coming in and, and sweeping through. But uh, she was even later ordained as a saint in Roman Catholic Catholicism. Catholicism. Mm-hmm. I was reading it, but I was like, it, it doesn't sound how it spells, Stephanie. Uh, Roman I, Catholicism I all the time so. and Russian Orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was actually the first ruler of Rus, not Russia. So is she Saint Olga then? Yes. Oh. Um, she is the patron saint of widows and converts <laughs> because she was a widow and she fucking went and killed everybody. And then she converted to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, her son, uh, who ended up like being like the ruler, uh, he didn't like her Christianity. He was very opposed to it. Uh, he wanted to keep the nation pagan. Um, but she was successful in converting her grandson, Vladimir the Great, who uh, would eventually make Christianity the official language, or sorry, the official ro- religion of Rush, Rus in the 19, or in the 980s. And it's still like that now? I yeah, guess. like Russia, I'm pretty sure Christianity, like Christianity is still the main religion in russia i don't know anything about that I mean, so catholicism kind of like took yeah. over and like swept i i would imagine that there are more they took a lot of european countries so yeah. yeah uh i would imagine that russia is probably more christian than hindu yeah yeah, yeah. Just, and i'm thinking of what other religions are there out there there's hinduism and they're definitely not and Buddhist. christianity definitely not Buddhist. they're definitely not buddhists they're definitely not muslims <laughs> no and they're not jewish no that's for sure so it's just it's like it's it's like it's probably russian uh, orthodox uh, yeah it's yeah you know what russian orthodox sounds right yeah it's probably yeah that's exactly what it is so uh yeah so her son ended up bringing christianity but she was the first ruler to ever convert to christianity or to bring christianity into uh into that area and yeah so that was my cool oh little story God, on like so great on revenge i love it hell hath no fury, fury like, like a, a like a woman in mourning because she wasn't really scorned she was in mourning i guess she was probably really pissed off when they were yeah. like hey you can't do this job and she was like fuck uh you. fucking watch me <laughs> see we didn't even plan this but we chose two crazier women who did well, yeah we did we did killer women killer killer women. the this killer is, women episode yeah we didn't even mean to we no. just did from not from the americas well i started a, a different story and it got made me like sad and i didn't want to do it anymore so i changed the story because it made me less sad <laughs> i would have a story half written i stopped writing it after i realized oh my god stephanie you're doing another canadian murder you just did one <laughs> you can't do two canadian murders back to back well, um, you can, but you are Canadian. A lot of pe- people do American murders back to back, so doing Canadian murder backpack isn't that bad. But then I heard about this patron saint, and I was just like, this bitch burned villages to the fucking ground. And, and, a then, and then was like, well, I'll just go find Christianity, and he'll absolve me of my. Well, that's what ca- Catholics do, right? Yeah. You, you do sin, yeah. and you go to confession, and then you're absolved of your sin yeah. by doing a couple of prayers and giving money. And I usually talk about how men do that. It's usually the men that went and found Christianity and absolved yeah. them. But this time I found a woman, and I yeah. thought it was pretty good. So 
Hope you guys liked. I hope you guys liked my story. And <laughs> en- enlightened you. It's actually enlightened I, I and was, liked. It was enjoyed. Oh. I was gonna say enjoyed, but then I started to liked halfway because I'm I'm it's like a good that. Word. It's a good word. It's like children. Children. Well, children makes sense because it's killing children. I don't. I think I was trying to say kids and then children, and it was definitely just like I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Children. Children. It was great. I loved it. It was my favorite word. Alrighty. Well, that's it for this episode. Email us if you have any interesting stories you would like us to cover at peoplekeepdying at gmail.com. If you all follow us on our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I am posting every day on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. They're always the most random things. But if you comment on them, I do read them and then respond to you. Just in case you're wondering. (laughs) And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And we hope to catch you guys next time. Hopefully you're alive. Hopefully you're alive. (laughs) Bye. Bye.